Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so pumped because today we actually have a returning guest, and his name is James Rose, and he's the co-founder of Content Snare. And as you guys all know, if you've been following along on the podcast or my journey throughout the years, I'm obsessed with Content Snare. But fun fact, we're actually not talking about Content Snare today. We're actually going to be diving into automation, which has been a really big topic in the industry recently about people wanting to really start diving more into automation, what that looks like, what kind of softwares you should be using, and really how to become more efficient and also even more productive, right? So who doesn't want a little bit more of that? So our goal today in this podcast is me and James are just going to go through and just have a fun chat back and forth around automation, things that help us make things more efficient in our businesses. And we're going to drop a lot of recommendations for different tools. James is like a wizard when it comes to like Zapier and automation and efficiency, more than I had thought until this episode. So I'm so excited for you to dive in. We're going to dive into, like I said, mostly automation. We're going to talk about some Zapier examples. So a lot of you guys have been asking me myself as well, what are some examples of ways that I've automated my business? I'm actually going to be sharing some of those for you. We're also going to be talking about our recommendation of how to actually map out the automations that you want to use. What does automation actually mean? So I think a lot of people have this idea that automation is only things like Zapier, which is a system that can connect if one app does this, then do this in this other app. And so with the Zapier, we're going to dive into what are different ways that we can look inside of automation in different ways and different softwares and ways to make things work better, stronger, and faster. Also, we're going to talk about how to find areas in your business to actually be automating, as well as some efficiency tools for productivity, some shortcuts, things that make you move faster. So without further ado, I can't wait for you to dive in. And if you have any follow-up questions to this episode, just be warned if if you've never really dived into automation, this might be a little bit of too much information, but still listen in because now you can be open to the idea of what that automation looks like. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it, and you're not alone, but it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work, there's no doubt about that, but you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business, am I right? But don't worry, that's where I come in, the workflow queen. I'm going to guide you on how to implement tech, systems, and automation in your practice so you can scale bigger, hire better, and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host here, Alyssa Lang. I'm so excited because we actually have our second time returning guest, which is so exciting. We've actually only had one other person return on the podcast, and that was actually Brooke Swan, who actually introduced us to now the second returning person. So welcome again, James Rose. Your podcast episode was incredible. People love learning about Content Snare. If you don't know what it is, go check out the first episode. But James, feel free to introduce yourself. I'm so excited. You're here. Wow, Alyssa, that's quite the quite the compliment. Thank you. Oh my god, I can't believe like and the only other person except the legendary Brooke to to be a repeat guest. And like you said, yeah, Brooke is a uh, I guess she introduced us and she's been a legendary customer of ours. She's been so amazing. But yes, hi, hi everyone. I'm James, James Rose from Content Snare. It's a, a product we founded for collecting information from clients have been kind of in the automation space basically forever. Like I was a control systems engineer before I decided screw this and I want to work for myself. Um, and then sort of when I created an online business going back to like 2010, automation's always been a big part of everything we've done just because I needed that fix from my old job. You know, like I love automating stuff and I, I didn't get to do that anymore. So that was basically my old job. So now I automate stuff in my business and it's a lot of fun. Yes, I love it. We were chatting right before we hit record here about what we were going to talk about today. And I think we've kind of landed on the idea that we're going to talk about the topic of automation, productivity, efficiency. Well, one, because you have like the background in it. And two, I'm the workflow queen. So like it only makes sense for us to have an automation conversation. And I was telling you that recently, so most of you guys who are listening to the podcast have probably found me through Bookkeeper Launch and probably attended BKX or either Scaling New Heights that recently just happened back in June. And a lot of you guys, when you came back, were like, I want more automation. And so 
I told everyone like, that is my jam. I'd love to talk about it. So this was just a great opportunity for me to be able to like chat through with someone else as well. And like just bounce ideas back and forth, because I think a lot of people aren't utilizing automation to its fullest capacity. And I really wish people understood more about it. So I can't wait to dive into the lovely automation topic today. So I have a question for you. So we're going to start it off with something fun for automation. What is the one thing that you have automated that has transformed your life? Doesn't have to be just business life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, you know what? It's probably more like home automation stuff. So I'm mm. um, using, I can't say the A word, the Amazon echo <laughs> trigger word. Oh, gotcha. They're up right now because she's behind me. I have like a couple through my house. I've also got Google Homes and now I've got a Pixel Watch. Um, oh, cool. And it has like automation stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, the reason it's changed my life is because it's been so good when I'm carrying around baby. We have 11 month old and I just want to like turn the lights on really dim in the room that I'm about to walk into or something like that. And it's just sitting there on my wrist and I can like, change the lights or like, cause I'm <laughs> or yeah. like use Alexa to do the same thing. You, oh no, she didn't wake up. You can whisper <laughs> to her and she whispers back. So it doesn't wake up. The oh my baby. Gosh. So there's like all these like little home automation things. You know, like, so turning the baby room heater on when it drops to a certain temperature, at, uh, like, and only some, gets cold enough some nights. And yeah, there's all these like little home automation things. It's probably yeah. the biggest life changing stuff for me. Probably not what you expected me to say. <laughs> no, actually that's, it's smart because I think that once you open yourself to the idea of like, sometimes it always usually starts with like business, right? Especially if you're a mm-hmm. business owner, that's usually the first instance that you learn to automate something. It can be something yeah. small. It could be like the tech that you're using is automating another trigger within that same tech, right? But I think that once you start to open your mind and idea around all the different things that you can do, you start to get really creative about like, okay, is there a way that I can automate someone doing X for me? Someone making my bed for me? Cause that would mm. be really cool. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like it, it, it's always just like, you know, it starts with a few lights or something. It's like the easiest thing to automate. And then it just gets it. You're like, Oh wait, I can automate that. Like I can just buy a little temperature sensor and suddenly now that's in my system and I can, yeah. you know, automate things based on the temperature or like, you know, I've got a little stream Elgato stream deck here, which is just like a bunch of shortcuts, like a mini keyboard with specific buttons on it. Like you can actually put each buttons like a little screen. So you can tell what's on the screen. Oh. Yeah. So it's like the one's a light bulb, a switch for me. One is like a webcam switch. So like I've got a one that turns all my lights on for the, like what? the studio, I guess. Like it turns, people can't see this when they're listening. But <laughs> they can hear it though. Like on brand lights behind me and they all yeah. come on and the, the lights on my face come on just from a button push. I've got ones that like turn on like a smart switch for like my camera. Cause it needs to be disconnected most of the time. Cause it's like a real, um, like a proper camera, not just a normal webcam. So we like switches for that. And like, little, I don't know, on the same thing, I can open like specific folders on my computer on a shortcut and stuff. Like it's, I don't what? know. There's just so many little, little things beyond, you know, ah, oh, automate something with Zapier. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes. I love this. What is this keyboard called? Because I didn't realize that you had like a special keyboard because now I want it. To me, okay, I'll I'll caveat this by saying I haven't found as many use cases for it as I wished I had. Mm. A lot of people swear by these things. It's called an Elgato, E-L-G-A-T-O, Stream Deck. So if you Google that, you'll see like there's lots of different options. There's big ones, there's small ones. Like it's cool and I use it a little bit, but... I think the reason it hasn't been super helpful for me is because I've already got so many keyboard shortcuts. Like I've, I've spoken to people who swear by these things and they've got, you know, buttons for like things that regularly type out in bookkeeping software. You know, there's a guy on LinkedIn, I forget his name, but he's got like five or six of these things all over his desk wow. you know, and they're not cheap. And, but a lot of them were like shortcuts to certain pages in QuickBooks or whatever and and all this kind of thing. And But to me, like I do all that with keyboard shortcuts anyway, using Text Expander, which we can probably talk about later. But like, yeah, so I haven't found it to be as useful for me. Like I think it, it's generally designed, in, you know, that it, indicated by the name, Stream Deck for streamers, right? So if you are, you want to change cameras, like if you're doing that kind of work, you, you want to mm. switch between desktop sharing and cameras and left camera and right camera and lights and whatever, like it's got all that kind of capability, but it's also got lots of other stuff. Like I've got a button for a speed test there. If someone's like, oh, is the internet bad on my end or your end? I hit a button on there and like, it actually shows on 
on the little button screen it shows what my speed is you know oh wow uh, yeah it's got all kinds of cool stuff on there but i just i don't know don't use it as enough as much as i want i bought it on uh black friday sale thinking it'd be like the best thing ever and like whatever <laughs> it's probably because like you said you are using because i know you introduced me to text expander which i wrote it down at one point and then i lost my notebook which is all bad and then the, today before we got onto the press record here you brought it up and i was like that's the word so i wrote it down again so this time i'm going to remember it at least it'll be linked below the podcast episode so now i'll have it forever to come back to so so uh, I know that we talked about it. So I know you'll probably expand on the text expander, no pun intended there, <laughs> but kind of dive into what that does and like, how would you use it like in the business or in doing your day-to-day work? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Okay. So at its core, it's like having a shortcut for a longer piece of text, you know, so it can be that simple. It's like, okay, something I type out all the time, my email address. I don't have to type that. I never, ever type my email address anymore because I just press dot. Like I use the period as my um, trigger character by default. I think it's semicolon. For some reason, I just like dot. I just go dot E space and that expands. It writes in, you know, jamesacontestnow.com. Yeah. Now, really, really tiny example. But, you know, how many, I can't tell you how many times people make typos in their email when they're writing into support and then they never get our responses or whatever, you know, like, so having, not only is it not having to type out my email address, it's making sure it's accurate and perfect every time because it's very easy to make a typo. But then, you know, maybe something slightly longer, like a booking link. I have like five different booking links yeah. and that aren't public, right? So, you know, if it's a content snare onboarding, I go .bob and it extends to so that's book onboarding. That's my yeah. like- Acronym, like your way of yeah, remembering what it is. convention. So I've got .b. Uh, AH was when I had my agency highway podcast. So, so I was to book an interview, you know, there's BVT for book video testimonial. So the, there's all these like different links that I use, you know, so you think about the amount of different links you might use generally, like what if it's a informational page on like the, I guess, since I'm talking to uh, American, I'm going to say IRS instead of the ATO, the Australian taxation office, you know, you probably might have some like informational pages you've got to refer people to regularly. And like, you got to go and get that link and then paste it into the email or something. Imagine if you just had that as like a, you know, semicolon IRS, I don't know, 2023, I don't know, what like crap example, but you can have basically anything as a shortcut. Now that's like the simplest example where it's just like a short piece of text. Yeah. You can do entire emails with this thing, right? With placeholders. So you can start doing in there like hi, name, blah, 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 you know, and like a placeholders for different, like even drop down boxes. So you can, so, so when I type in, like, let's say I've got an email that asks for a review, right? So if I go like dot E, it's always dot E for emails, E, R or something, it'll pop up a box instead of just dropping that text into where I am. And then it'll give me, I'll be able to select some things like, do I want them, which review site do I want them? So I just tick the box, I write their name in there and then boom, it expands into the full email. Now, the reason that's good, because I know you can use like email snippets or whatever, and but yeah. people are doing that, that kind of stuff in their email system, but that works anywhere on your computer. Mm-hmm. So you could be doing it on a Facebook message or like I use WhatsApp on my desktop. Like I use the web app for WhatsApp. So I don't have to like type crap out on my phone. So, you know, I can WhatsApp people with these kind of things, right? Like, yeah. So that's just like the two, I guess, primary examples. You can get actually pretty crazy with yeah. text expander simply because like it even allows like scripting and stuff. So if you want to get crazy, you can write like if you're on a Mac, there's Apple script and PowerShell and like even JavaScript. So you know, oh, here's another example. I always like, I use the date. If I want to put a date stamp on file names, I got .db for date backwards, which is, you know, it's right, you know, it's the um, 19th of August. It's like, oh, sorry, 19th of July. It's 22023-0719 is, is what mm-hmm. it expands to. So it actually can read the current date and format that into the right format that I want and put that where I'm typing. So I don't like, so you can have like, code essentially that runs in there or actually i don't think i think it's smart enough that you can insert bits of the date into snippets without having to write the code i mean do you want me to keep going because geez man like i've (laughs) got like at gpt intro snippets that i use regularly in chat gpt in there i've got like messages i'll connect with people on linkedin like i usually always customize them as well but man i've just got like so many shortcuts in there and just to so because a lot of people be like, what if you forget them? Control slash and you get a search bar. I was like anywhere on your computer, you go control forward slash because I forget them all the time. Yeah. Um, except for the ones that I use like 
consistently. Yeah. yeah. Control slash brings up a search box and you just type the name, start typing the name of it and hit enter and bam, it, it, you get there that way. It's yeah. Oh, cool. I was going to ask that. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> One of my questions is what happens if you forget all these, these shortcuts or these keyboard things. And one thing yeah. I think this could come in really handy with like our industry specifically is nothing is worse than like, if you have pretty solid naming conventions, like I have crazy naming conventions that are very consistent across the company to the point where like if a team member doesn't capitalize the first letter, it drives me literally insane. I am that person. <laughs> but it's the same. I'm like, it really drives me nuts. I'm like, the fact that it doesn't drive someone else nuts weirds me out about them. And I'm like really second guessing their life choices. But anyways, so. Oh my God, this is, this is a whole other topic because I feel like I'm the same. And I'm like, but then I got to like pull myself back in and go like, I'm looking for people who are different to me when I want to hire them. Not, not that like, kind of different. Not that kind of different. Uh, I don't want to hire me. like not me. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to hire just different. <laughs> you could be different in any capacity, but if you name it weird, that's a no different. No, yeah, no. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. So anybody who wants the future apply for my job, just know, always make sure that you have the solid naming conventions because it will drive me insane. But anyways, but one part of it is like we do the like 2023.07.19 dash client name dash document, mm-hmm. like whatever it is. Right. And so that would be really cool to even have where it's like almost like that placeholder that you were saying that you essentially just say date here and then it just pops it in or just even puts okay. the date in. Perfect example for naming conventions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like you could have exactly that, the date and maybe, you know, if you wanted to go even smarter and you had like client codes or something, like you could have it. So you just type in the name and it like automatically uses uses mm-hmm. code to like. Like WQ would be yeah, workflow. It would name workflow queen. Yeah. 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 But like, like I was saying, it'll, you, you can have it sort of pop up a box with all, and, and like, you don't have to do it that way. Right. Like if it was, sometimes it's faster to me to not use the pop-up box and just go, you know, maybe it's the, your naming convention, which was date based and then WQ and yeah. then a dash. And you just want to start typing, right? So instead yeah. of having the box and typing the client name in it, if the, if what you're going to type is at the end anyway, yeah. you just use it to expand that first bit of it. And then can, like literally, hit the, you know, your shortcut would be like dot and whatever it is, naming convention, NC, yeah. dot NC space. And then you just keep typing and it'll put that expansion in there and you just keep typing on the end of it. Right. So it's, if that oh, makes that's sense. Cool. So you can yeah. like, you don't have to have it where it has to spit out the full thing. It's more about like, yeah, this is going to get me going down a rabbit Yeah. Like there's so many use cases for it and it just fits yeah. seamlessly into everything you're already doing. Like, yeah. especially once you're using it a lot, like it's just natural now. Like when I, when I finish I've got like signatures on my emails. Like if I want yeah. to write dot cheers, cheers James or whatever, like it's just dot yeah. C and it's so built into me now. Like I start typing it everywhere. I like even, <laughs> oh my God, stop. <laughs> Cause it just becomes part of your typing flow. And it, yeah. it's. You're all like um, texting people putting like dot C. <laughs> <laughs> because you're just like, so used to like writing yeah, exactly. like that. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. I didn't know, like I knew based off our conversation last time that it could do a lot of different things. And I think that, like I said, where this can really help is things like naming conventions or things like mm-hmm. templated emails. For example, mm-hmm. we all send consistent emails on like a, I don't know, a monthly basis to tell our clients like, hey, your reports are ready. Please schedule mm-hmm. your consult call with us or like your monthly mm-hmm. call or whatever. Right. And so even putting in that information, having to like drop the link and go grab the things because we, so we have a program, it's called the mother load of email forms and swipe files where like, I essentially gave every single one of my emails that I've templated over the years. And I've been doing business since almost 2015. And so I've had a plethora of emails that I have ready and available that I went and used in my own firm. Like, Hey, here's your quarterly estimated tax payments. Like here's your onboarding email and here's this. And so it sounds like if we're consistently using certain emails, if you don't have some sort of maybe a Gmail extension or, cause I know there's things like Hiver that essentially you can add the email template and their placeholders and you can just pop them in. But then again, you're paying for something on an expensive basis and per team member to be able to use it. I like the idea of being able to have the emails that you do put together on a very consistent basis, like ready to go for you. Hey, 
Hey listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you want to learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just going to go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more. Yeah. And I mean, if this is something you're providing as a service or a product too, you know, you I'm pretty sure you can actually share that as a library to others in Text Expander. So then they can oh. and just pull it in, I believe. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Like I know they have shared libraries. I just don't know if they're public or not. So obviously wouldn't want that to be public. Yeah. Um, Another cool example, I was just looking through my list, is like, I feel like I've been asked for business description, logos, oh, and this kind of stuff so many times bio. lately, right? Yeah, bio, my, my, yeah, bios, yeah, of course, my bio's on there. Like every time, yeah. I, it's been a long time since I went on a podcast, but, you know, .bio, <laughs> there's no naming convention there, it's just bio, and it, <laughs> but I actually, have, sorry, I lie, I've got JR bio, so, so that's my Jimmy Rose, like mm. automation stuff, and CS bio, it's a little bit different for content snare. Yeah. Uh, but same with logos, you know, I get asked for like, I'm like, here's the, I feel like I've been asked for a logo so many times, like the last two weeks. And I just yeah. got CS logo, you know, yeah. all my social links. What are your social links? Dot CSLI for contest center LinkedIn, CSFB, <laughs> JRFB, JILI, you know, they're all in there. So like the link one is just, I feel like that's the easiest one that everyone can gel with. Yeah. Is but, it yeah. cost? Like, is it a fee for text expander? I think it's like 60 bucks a year, but there are free. Oh, that's nothing. Like if you yeah. just search like text expander alternative, there are so many of these now. I, I used to get contacted with a bunch um, when I was doing YouTube videos a lot. I guess I was yeah. like a mini influencer for a little bit. <laughs> Someone the other day <laughs> no called one... me an influencer and I was like, whoa, I've never actually been called an influencer, but they were like, yeah. we want to set up a contract with you because you're an influencer. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. It's they're funny emails to get, but I don't get them anymore because I stopped making videos. It's funny. But like the amount of, productivity tools would be like hey do you want to try my thing um yep. and so I get that I all learned, the time sorry I get that all the time but yeah and so my I was gonna say I've learned there's lots of these so you don't have to use necessarily text expander you know you might find one that's free or cheap or like I don't know I mean text expander is pretty cheap and it saves yeah. me a lot of time so it, it does the job yeah like 60 bucks a, a year that's actually pretty good for even just having quick links i mean nothing drives me more insane. yeah nothing drives me more insane than like having to well, one my biggest thing right now that drives me literally insane is having two companies and usually people are like that's amazing and i'm like yeah it's great until you have to log out of your zoom and log into the other one and it yeah. drives me insane because you don't have like we use LastPass, so obviously inside of a browser I can easily just click through to different places and the password's already included. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. because it's not in the browser, Zoom is outside of it in like an app. Uh, I can't just like copy and dude, it just, seriously, I'm late to almost every single, every one of my calls. Me out on my, like if I go and take a Zoom with, on mm-hmm. my laptop, it kicks me out of my desktop. I'm like, come on, you yeah. want to give me two computers on in 2023 yep. for like this thing I'm paying for. Another cool example, hex codes. I don't know if you've ever need to put oh, your yes. colors into things. So I've yep. got all my hex codes on, you know, it's like. Oh, I should have like, known oh, that one. Dot H, like I think hex. And then it's like, I've got like dark purple, yeah. light purple, I think aqua, whatever our colors are, right? But I've also <laughs> got one, I just go dot brand and it just dumps everything. Because sometimes I don't know what I need. So I'll open a notepad and go dot brand. And it just goes, mm. and here's all the hex codes. Here's everything. And then I just copy out the ones that I need. So it's like a shortcut to like, even though I'm yeah. having to open notepad, notepads open all the time. I will use notepad plus plus because the default windows one's crap. Yeah. And so I can just dump it all in there and then pull out the bits that I need. So it's like a two-step automation, I guess, but it, it still saves me lots of time. Oh, that's cool. Because one thing that we do consistently is like we have 
we have a newsletter for both my firm and also for Workflow Queen as well. And that's one thing. So we actually have it set up inside of Notion though. So we have like a branding document or branding page. And so unfortunately, we just have to like click open the branding like page, but still at least it like it's there because a lot of people don't aren't even proactive enough to even like document their hex codes. And if you don't know what a hex code is, by the way, because we might be starting to speak gibberish over here, a hex code, if you don't know, is like the color of your, how, how would you explain a hex code? Like, uh, it's just like the way the internet knows what a color is. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. blue, uh, there's like a certain six letters and numbers together mm-hmm. that make your specific shade of blue. And mm-hmm. that's used in browsers and or whatever to render, to make that color appear on the on the page. Yeah. So like you could do it in like your website. That's how you get the certain colors in there. You're usually putting in like hex codes. Um, but we do have to use hex codes all the time within our emails uh, provider because we want to make sure our buttons are customized. We want them to look like on brand. So we change them to like green or like we change them to pink or, and so like, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we've got the notion version of it, but it'd be cool if it just like kind of popped up. My random question about text expander is it, does it have the ability like on a specific command to be able to open up a web page? Like if we were to put in our notion link page for the branding document that whenever I hit that code, it would pop up that notion page. Cause it's already created. Why would I recreate it? Yeah, like I imagine you can do this with a script. I'm just having a look now what the options are. But I would guess that um, you could probably do this. Like you could create a key. I'm pretty sure you can create a keyboard shortcut in your operating system that opens something anyway. So I'd probably do it that way. But yeah, like I was saying, there's like shell script. So obviously that's getting pretty advanced, except GPT right? Like write me a shell script to open or write me Apple scripts to open the Google Chrome browser and then paste it straight in and see what happens. Honest to God, like I've been doing that kind of stuff lately with like small scripts. Like um, the other day I was like, write me a Google Sheets macro that will duplicate the current sheet, rename it to the date in that format I was talking about before and put it directly after the current sheet and highlight that sheet, go to that sheet. And it did it like, you know, and I just pasted that into like, it even gave me instructions on where to paste the code in Google sheets. Now, I'm yeah, I know how to code sort of, but um, it's been a while, <laughs> but the fact that it literally gave me step-by-step instructions on where to put it. Like, so I feel like that barrier to small code things now is so small. So people should not be scared off by them when you can just type in and go, give me the script to do X, Y, Z. For anybody who is wondering what ChatGTP of if you've not heard it, if you haven't already, I'm very surprised by that because it's actually a big thing mm-hmm. right now. ChatGTP essentially is like AI, which is artificial intelligence. And like you can go into ChatGTP and ask it specific questions. It can help you write copy. It can help you do a lot of things. We were talking right before we recorded about how we don't ever put anything sensitive inside of ChatGTP, like your client information. Like just don't. It's just the best thing that you can do. I could just promise you guys. But one thing that I did recently and I used with ChatGTP was I was creating a, originally we had this like really big process. So anybody who's a bookkeeper who's listening to this probably can relate to this. We have clients that we work with in a specific industry that use things like Stripe and they use things like PayPal. Well, we have to have like the report at the end of the month. And instead of doing day-to-day entries into for every single like transaction that's coming through, we just do one massive journal entry on the books to get that data onto the books. Well, putting together the journal entry and also putting together the spreadsheet with the data to like make it output like the information, I use ChatGTP to help me create formulas for my Google Sheets to help me create it. And so the beauty is this thing used to be like so many steps. Like I was so proud of myself, but then someone was like, you could have just used the pivot table. And I'm like, do I got to tell me this stuff? I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I don't know if it- <laughs> use pivot, pivot tables. Yeah, pivot but... tables are hard, man. Like I, just, I know, I like I've never even heard of them. It's like a skill you've got to unlock. Like I, I've even spent the time to go and learn it and yep. then like work them out one day for this one project that I had. And then if you ask me to go yep. do one now, I'd be like, I don't know. No, I forget. No, you know, I can't even like remember how to convert like a number into like a negative number. <laughs> <laughs> Formulas are, yeah, so that's not like, I just know there's people listening to you getting really mad right now because you're saying chat GTP instead of GPT. Oh, um, GT- wait, what did I say? GPT. Did I say it backwards? Yeah, you said GTP, but I have total empathy for you because my business partner said chat GTP for, that's the wrong one. So it's chat GPT. 
And yeah, really? GPT. Yeah. <laughs> My business partner said the wrong one for so long and it took him ages to undo it. And I'm very proud of him that he finally got there. But yeah, it is uh, it is what it is. But I just know there was someone there being like, she keeps saying the wrong one. <laughs> well, hopefully no, um, everyone can forgive me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there's been a lot. Of, I just want to caveat and say this, like there's been so much hype around GPT, like, and just this AI stuff in general. And I was very skeptic. And I still am of a lot of stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of people are blowing up and, and makes people like me go, when, when these guys are talking stuff up so much, it makes people like me go like, whatever, this isn't anywhere near as good as you're talking about. Like that, yeah. con- the oh, look at this amazing thing it wrote. I'm like, that is a crap email. Like, why would you, that is a terrible email. Why would yep. you send that? Mm-hmm. Um, that? And, but now that I've actually committed to using it quite a bit, I'm finding use cases, yeah. which are just great. Like yesterday, for example, I needed to get a list of categories on our blog and I like I didn't want to go through an export thing. So I yeah. literally just selected this bit, all this crap text off a web page. You know when you copy something off a web page? Yeah. Or in the back end of WordPress, for example, it's like it's not nice. There's bits of stuff everywhere. You you're selecting like column names or whatever. I selected all this text and said below is some text I've copied from a website this is like a table can you just make a two column table with what's in the first column like the category name and then just give me a blank column and it did it i think it had one extra row in there because it thought one of the column names was a thing but i literally just then i got the table pasted that into google sheets because what i needed to do was get someone to go and write a description for every category so i was able to just get it to quickly format into a really simple table and i pasted that into google sheets and then sent the sheets to the person i needed so there's like these little things productivity things that it, like it is good at and it usually i find it's when you've got existing information that you need to get information out of so like an amazing example for us is um customer case studies i do a 15 minute call the customer they talk up content snare how much they love it yeah and then i go our business is called content snare it's a SaaS that helps people get information from clients this is the prompt it helps people in these ways kind of just seeding what i want to look for and then say what are the most impactful quotes that this customer said and it'll just give me five to ten testimonials direct one-liners that that person said in the thing and it's crazy like so yeah. like getting that information out of existing stuff that's where I found it's the best or like these little script examples. That's probably the biggest productivity gains I get out of it. Yeah. There's a thing that we use here with the podcast, which has been a really big game changer. It's called cast magic and we can upload like recorded episodes and it will pinpoint like, for example, like I can identify the different speakers. And so like, I'll identify you as a speaker and it will pinpoint different timestamps and I can quickly read them without having to like, listen, I can read them and I can, I'm, I know what I'm scanning for based off of like what our industry needs. And so I'll like, look at it and be like, oh, this is like a really great snippet that James had said or whatever. And that's where we'll go in. Then we'll go to Descript and we'll actually like snippet and like go through doing it. Cause we create like a template and stuff. And I think like just automation in general, I mean, to kind of explain to anybody, I think a lot of, especially in my industry specifically, a lot of people think always automation equals Zapier or like now it's make is like a new option that's out there as well. I just want everyone to be mindful that automation doesn't need to be a specific software or a specific thing that's supposed to automate all the things. It could be something as simple as formulas is technically like an automation inside of like Google Sheets or Excel or whatever that looks like. And so I just really encourage you guys to not always think that Zapier is always going to be the solution. Now, will Zapier help you with connecting multiple apps? Absolutely. But it doesn't have to be the end all be all. And it's not, I think people get overwhelmed with the idea of Zapier and like what even to automate and stuff. And yeah, when I did that thing with chat GPT, (laughs) okay. I feel like I always have been saying it so right this whole time and it's so wrong. Apparently when I put this thing together, it wasn't just the pivot table piece that I really liked, but also, well, I figured out later that I was supposed to have a pivot table, which is fine. I I figured it out. Anyways, chat GPT helped me to create the formula that I needed to be able to pull certain data because some of our clients have like, let's just say 10 different programs. And from that data, I needed to organize the information to put it in specific orders, calculate the full totals per program. And from that list, we have a separate tab, which is actually a formula that can't be created through like a pivot table or whatever that is. I don't even know what it is, but inside the other tab, I have it set up that and I had this created from within the automation inside of like chat GPT, I had it create a formula that will pull all of the different courses name from that month, because some months they might not sell a specific course, right? So that's unnecessary to add the course name to a list. It spits out the information and also calculates it 
calculates the refunds and looks at fees and everything from these different parts of the spreadsheet. All we have to do is paste the original data from Stripe into our spreadsheet. And then on our third tab, that's where I formulated that tab to actually pop out a journal entry. So the journal entry now pops out the formula of what the journal entry would be set up as. And then the beauty is we use something called Write Tool. If uh, any of my accounting friends who are listening here, if you've never heard of Write Tool, look into it ASAP. It'll change the game for you when it comes to your accounting firm. I have been using it for a couple of months. You can actually copy inside of a Google Sheet, Excel spreadsheet, your whole journal entry. And you can go into QBO and open up a brand new journal entry and use the right tool and it will paste the whole journal entry. So all we have to do is copy paste the data from Stripe into the spreadsheet. It spits out everything, calculates the journal entry. We just simply copy it, paste it with the tool inside of QBO. Now we've got a full journal entry. And before we, this used to take us at least 15 minutes to do. So now we shaved off per client, per Stripe, per PayPal. And I think that this is where I want to encourage people that these are examples of ways that you can automate things that are just tiny things that really don't eat up that much time, but it can save you a lot of time in the long term when you really think about it. My God, yeah, it's the addition of stuff, you know, like I talk about this just, just quickly. What was that t- tool called? Right oh, tool? Right tool. So R-I-G-H-T tool, uh, T-O-O-L. I almost said W, right. but. I actually forgot to say before with text expander, you can another use case of text expander. You can have, you can read what's currently on the clipboard. So you can mm-hmm. copy something, then use your a snippet and you can put things like tabs in there. You can oh. actually put keyboard buttons in your snippet. So you could say, if you, if you did have like, I don't know if this is the right use case here, cause I don't know that process, mm-hmm. but if it was like, put some text in this box yeah. then press tab and then put something in here, then press tab and put something in here. You can do that with text expander as well. Yeah. So I do it with like email subject and body. So you like, I'll put in the subject, I'll put my text expander thing in there and it'll write the subject tab down to the thing and put the email in there as well. Anyway. Um, I love it. Yeah, that, so I just, I know we've kind of moved on from text expander, but you just reminded me of another really cool No, thing. I love that. I love all the tips. I feel like after this call. I'm and this is like... the thing. This is the thing with automation. It's like, it's such a snowball of a thing. Like when you first start mm-hmm. out, it's like, man, what do I do? There's so many things to automate. And yeah. like, what do I even start on? Like these guys are talking about this like advanced stuff. I don't know what to do. It's It sounds too hard, you know, and, but yeah. the thing is, you just start small and eventually like you, you put your email address and your link syntax expand or whatever, you know, and then yeah. eventually you go, wait, I've just done this thing like 10 times. Like maybe I'll put that in there and you just start building up stuff. Yeah. And and what you were talking about there is like things might take 15 seconds or something to yeah. do normally, or I think you said 15 minutes, but that's obviously worth yeah. automating minute thing that's that fast but some things aren't that obvious because it might be 10 seconds or 20 seconds you know but 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 if you look back at an example that's like i don't know let's say it's something that takes five minutes to do normally and it's going to take you an hour to set that up right set up that whatever that automation is it's like and why would i burn an hour it's like five minutes right let's do it but if you automate that and that's five minutes a week 12 weeks later, you break even on time. That's kind of the way I look at it. Like I'm, I'm back to break even. Then I got a free five minutes from then on. Yeah, but five minutes doesn't sound like much. Five minutes sounds like a lot when you've got literally thousands of things that are now automated. Like if you do this over time, you've built up all these yeah. automations. You know, I look at my you like task usage in Make and Zapier, like just those two products, not talking yeah. about all these other productivity tools. I, I The last time I did the math, it was more than like 200 hours saved per month. Yeah, You know, that's more than an entire human's worth of working hours, yeah. you know. So actually, I think it might have been more. I think it was up to like 400. I can't remember. But like, yeah. it, it's a stupid amount of time. But that's just because it's snowballed over time. I've learned how to do better yeah. things. So I kind of just wanted to highlight that. It's like, yeah, the, even if it's small, it's worth doing one for learning experience so that you get better at this stuff because eventually like it, it, is, it will pay off. As long as you're not automating like silly stuff where it's like, I'm going to do this five times ever and it's going to take me five minutes. Yeah. Why would yeah. you automate? Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, there's just so many opportunities. Oh yeah, for sure. We actually uh, recently created, so Brooke Swan actually <laughs> created mm-hmm. the original cash flow projection spreadsheet that we use for our clients because it's just well built out. It's just beautiful. But one thing my industry really struggles with, because I help online course creators, content creators, coaches, because they have recurring payments that are coming in from payment plans that are like 
let's say for example, for one of our coaching programs, it's six months. So we get six months of payments, but then we also offer eight months, but then we have another program that offers three months of payment plans. Then we offer pay in full. And so one thing in my industry is there isn't anything out there that can actually help to project the future income as it comes in to also record from like things like PayPal and Stripe. And so I remember having this conversation with at a mastermind that I recently did that Brooke was at and uh, Tyler Otto, we had a bunch of, bunch of random, random people there. And I really was just letting them know, y'all, I can't even figure out a pivot table. I don't even know what certain formulas are. I don't even know how Google Sheets work, but this is what I want. And we were talking about, it is possible we're going to need the data. So I used Zapier to go inside of our payment processing system. And we actually set this up for our clients as well. We go in and set up all the zaps to pull in the data to tell us any remaining payments, because also these softwares will, for example, every single payment that comes through will always say that it has a certain number of remaining payments, but we don't want every single payment to be spent on this cash flow projection spreadsheet, because sometimes we already have recorded the first payment that has all the following. So we had to like set up all these conditions inside of Zapier. The reason I'm bringing this up is because we now have one, the data pulling into the spreadsheet. From that, it actually finds the actual week between from the cash flow projection spreadsheet and it builds on the future projection. So we have almost two years built out for our clients to be able to see them. And that was done with automation. Like we had to connect Zapier with that because there's just not a solution out there. And it's been such a freaking game changer. I think. It's easy. And see, this is why it's worth knowing something like Zapier and how these things fit together. I know we haven't talked a lot about Zapier yet. You know, when I know so many people look for built-in integrations between tools, you know, and it's like, oh, like I need my CRM to directly integrate with, I don't know, my project management system. And if there's no direct integration, then I can't be bothered, you know, or like, I, you know, and to be honest, at this point, I don't even look for integrations. I do not care what a tool integrates with directly because I'll just build it in the way that I want it to work with Zapier and Make or Make most of the time, right? Like mm-hmm. so, sometimes it might not be possible, but, you know, how many times have you built, like used tools where they've got an integration and it's like, oh, that is not at all what I wanted that integration to do. Mm. or not the way I want it to work, or I want to change the way it saves something over there. I want to put a different name on the file or, you know, yeah. I feel like that comes up all the time. Yeah. And if you're using direct integrations, then you're hamstrung by that. There's not much, nothing you can do, right? You can pressure the developers to change it. But a lot of time, and I say this as a SaaS founder, a lot of time integrations are a tick box, you know, or like just enough to get by on what most people want but not like that 20% of power users and, and we'll get to it eventually, but you know, it might not be yeah. there yet. Whereas if you know what you're doing with Zapier and make, you can build the automate the integrations, the automations exactly the way you want them yeah. a lot of the time. And it's just so much better. So I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons to invest in like yeah. understanding these products. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's funny. I get asked all the freaking time about Zapier and like what to automate and then the business. And I was telling you before this, that you guys just sent over from content snare. Cause I'm a, I'm a user of content snare, which by the way, shout out to content snare. They're the best. It's like my little <laughs> infomercial right there, but wait, there's more. So anyways, um, <laughs> my lovely Zapier, I love being able to pull in as much automation as possible, but also be able to try to explain to people how this stuff works. But I think the biggest thing is most people don't know or understand what they can even automate. And I think my suggestion, I'm sure that you have a great suggestion. So I'm really curious to hear what your suggestion would be. For anyone listening, my biggest thing is this is why process mapping is probably one of the most important things that you do. If you can process map things out, I use a software called Miro for this. Um, And essentially, I'm just able to kind of map out what the full process looks like. When I see our process, and it doesn't mean the documentation, doesn't mean like the exactly step-by-step, it's just a high level. When I start to see how everything's connected, I'm always asking myself, how can I make this be done faster? So from looking at my map, I can say, I could probably template an email there. It might not be a Zapier automation, but that is a form of automation. How can we make ourselves more efficient and more productive and still get the same output for less input? And so how can I email template? Maybe we can have a templated form or maybe do something like text expander in this little area. But also how can I zap maybe when a client signs on a contract, like to Slack our team to celebrate that a new client signed on and initiate, yeah, initiate the Asana template to already pre-assign all of our team members and start the other onboarding pieces, create the Google Drive folder. We have so many things that are set up that trigger one after one after one immediately after something's done faster than even an assistant. And so if someone signs a contract on a Friday night, by the time that we get to work on Monday, 
I don't have to wait for my team to go set all these things up. Instead, it's ready for us. And now we can just move on. And I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you identify where areas of opportunities are to actually be automating. I think that's a really good spot to start is mapping yeah. things out. Again, I just want to highlight though, you're not going to do all this. You're not going to automate all of this in like nope. the first week you're doing this and you don't have to. Like the problem with automation for a lot of people is overwhelm, right? So that's why I'm like reiterating on this because people just go, it's too hard, it's too much to do and throw their hands up. I know this because I used to teach automation. I had a course and stuff and yeah. like I was surveying and asking people like their biggest problems and this came up constantly. So I just really want to reiterate, reiterate that, that don't don't feel overwhelmed just because there's all this stuff you can do. Just start with something small, yeah. like a templated email, like you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the things you're looking for are copying and pasting information, you know, like repetitive, like just data entry stuff where it's like, I'm taking yeah. information from one tool and pasting it into another. Like that, that's not only is that, you know, manual busy work type stuff, but it's open yeah. to human error, right? Like where you, you paste something and you miss the first letter, you know, mm-hmm. even... You know, I do that all the time when I'm manually yeah. doing stuff. So repetitive tasks, you know, anything you're doing over and over and over. Um, yeah, data entry, things you forget to do. Yeah. Like sometimes I can get really bogged down in stuff and forget that, I don't know, like it's Friday afternoon and mm-hmm. I got to say bye to my team. You know? <laughs> like I'm sitting there smashing yep. away. So I'll have like a notification pop up and be like, oh, don't be a prick. Um you sh- you have people you need to talk to. <laughs> yeah, it's like automated. Like, yeah, like literally is. Like most of the time I've already done it at this point because I'm like, yeah. I do remember now. But for a long time, if I was buried in something, I'd forget. Or like, you know, sometimes I have to go, like I wanted to go and see if there were certain, like if a large client had signed up to Content Snare, but I built an automation now that like filters out, it automatically detects, like looks up companies, finds out how many staff they've got. And then if they're big enough, it drops them into Slack. So now I just have like this thing where I can scan through, like it comes up as a message, which I, so I see it. And then I go, okay, yep. I don't need to contact any of them or I do like, so things that I like, otherwise I'd have to log into the billing system and then I look through that. And so there are things that I forget to do normally that, so I get it to prompt me to do things. So that's like another category. But I mean, the biggest place to start to me is like, yeah, just repetitive stuff. Yeah, that's the easiest stuff to automate, in my opinion. And and I would start with something low risk, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, because you're probably going to be scared that you're going to do it wrong the first time, you know? So I start, the one thing I always tell people to do is just like when someone fills out the contact form on their site, add them to my CRM. Yeah. Something really basic. If it doesn't work, you've probably got your existing system, which sends you an email anyway when they fill it out. So just keep that intact. (laughs) And next time you get the email, go and have a look in your CRM. You're like, oh, look, they're already there. Sweet. Or like, oh, the name's where the email was meant to go. Crap, what did I do? (laughs) You know, so just while you get the hang of it, do something that's like low risk, that's kind of in parallel with your existing process just to make sure it's all good. And sometimes I still do this, you know, like I'll leave two processes intact what just while I'm checking, everything's still cool. So yeah, that I don't know. So repetitive, double handling, excessive email and things you forget. They're my yeah. four categories. Yeah, I like those categories. I mean, I love I love doing Zapier. I just love going in and like doing the filtering. If you guys don't know what that means, it's once you start to get to learn Zapier, I wouldn't try to start filtering things until you really understand the basics of like what Zapier is. I think just like any software that we look at, it looks overwhelming at first. I remember the first time I ever saw Content Snare. I thought it was very overwhelming. But then like I did like two or three things and I was like, this is actually so damn easy. But the thing about it is it's unfamiliar. It's unfamiliar territory. It's learning a new thing. And I think Zapier is the same. But like you said, you kind of nailed it with start with something small, start with something easy, start with something that is not client sensitive, like pulling payroll numbers to be able to run payroll. Like don't try to get crazy. Okay. Like start with something small. Like we even have like when a client signs on with us, like I said, we have like multi-step zap that like triggers off a bunch of stuff. But another thing that it can do is also create tags in our, our system inside of Clockify to be able to create a new client tag so that when, when our team member is clocked in for the client, the tag's already there. And so it just helps us to eliminate a bunch of these little tiny steps. We can technically have it shoot off a content snare request, but we have not done it yet because <laughs> we have a step inside of our content snare request for onboarding that everything else can be automated. But one step, it says, we've created you a specific Google Drive folder. And please make sure that you save this Google Drive folder. This is where you can find all of your information, all your data, all your reports, everything that you need. 
unfortunately, unless you can blow my mind right now and tell me that it's possible to have it insert it for me, that would be great because we have to actually manually insert that Google Drive link. So then because of that, we cannot automate the content send request. If we didn't have that option, I would automate it. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is actually a good example of like semi-automated stuff. So eventually I hope we can do something like that. I don't know what it's going to look like. I mm-hmm. actually just had an idea on <laughs> I'm taking a note because it's okay. I, I'm taking I, notes I, all the I, time. Yeah, like I just had a cool idea of how we could make that work. Because I'm like, how the hell would we insert a link in the middle of a request? Like that's yeah, that's really hard. Difficult. But I just had an idea on how we can do that. But so this is a really good exa- example of what I was saying of um semi-automated stuff. So we do this all the time. Like so, instead of you know sending a request automatically. You're probably, I don't know, are you doing creating like a task for someone to yep. go and so send when it? they sign the contract, it immediately initiates the Asana template that assigns the due dates and everybody mm-hmm. based off of the start date as the day they signed and a projected mm-hmm. onboarding of two weeks. And I think a lot of people like think I'm crazy for that, but we actually can onboard clients in like two weeks. Oh. And most firms are like four to six. Like it's crazy. Yeah, well. But yeah, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But yeah, so essentially we have a project. So it does have a task in there that just says to bring together the data. And then we do have the automation set up that when the Google Drive folder is created, it actually takes the link to the Google Drive folder and adds it to our Notion page for that client because we have like a profile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so so what I was going to say is, you know, a, a semi-automated thing is like if something can't be fully automated, you get as much automated as you can to make it really easy for someone to do. So in this case, you know, yeah. you could go and create a draft request in Content Snare in was in Zap. So the action in Zap here, it's like, you know, in in the middle of this automation, it's like when someone signed their contract or whatever is the trigger for this automation. We haven't really spoken about that. If people don't really understand Zap here, it's like a trigger and an action. So when this happens, mm-hmm. do this thing. Do this. When someone signed a contract, draft a request in Content Snare create their folder in Google Drive and both of those will give you a link back. And then you could go create a task in Asana with both those links. So, and you're assigning it to Sally, whatever. So Sally gets in there, clicks the link to the content center request. Bam, it's loaded in her browser. She's got the Google Drive link right there next to her as well. Paste that into where it's got to go, hit send, you know, like, so if that particular thing wasn't automatable, Mm -hmm. You just give put everything in one block as a task for the person to do. Like, yeah, I do stuff like yeah. that all the time, except I don't really spend too much time in our project management system. So I do this as direct messages to me in Slack. Exactly the same thing. Like if I have to reach out to a certain person, like, like I was talking about before, if like a certain size client signs up, it gives me all the information about that person in a message. And I just like copy out the bits that I need. It even gives me a mail to link. So I can click that mail to, and then bam, I'm in my Gmail with, yeah. with the email already addressed. So I don't know if people know what a mail to link is, but it's like a, a hyperlink, clicking any link on a website, yeah. except it tells the browser to open your mail product and you yeah. can pre-fill like the subject and the email email address and stuff like that. And so it's ready to go. And then I can just paste the, use text expander and paste the little bits from that message into that email, right? Yeah. So something I don't want to fully automate it, but it's, pretty you know all the other bits are automated to make it really easy for me to do quickly or someone on your team to do quickly i like that i didn't even think of the idea to have it draft the content snare request and this is why this is amazing so everybody listening sometimes you just have to talk through these things with somebody else because they might give you a better idea of what you can and what the potential of something can be because yeah we have the task to go create the content center but do we have a template inside a content center like that we have like ready to go for like onboarding but we go in there and we just like use that request and then do it so instead it sounds better to just have it as a draft and it's ready to go and all we got to do is just open it up and all the task needs to say is paste the Google Drive link inside of the content center request and hit send. And so like you said, it's just like half automating. I mean, I think people's ambition to, especially they've never automated before, think that they need to automate all pieces of one thing. But it's like, there's even our our podcast process, it took us a really hot minute to get it down. And now it's automated. And it's like a lot of it is, and there's still some kinks that we're trying to work out. But for the longest time, we would allow the automation to happen and also would manually follow the process step-by-step to make sure it was doing exactly what needed. And I think some people are just, I'm too busy to do that kind of stuff. And that's like, you have to do your due diligence as the business owner to make sure that whatever you're trying to have automate, just like you're walking your team member and holding their hand to train them, you're essentially making sure that Zapier is producing what you need. And if you're not doing those steps or the automation, then you're going to just 
not realize that maybe you aren't sending the right spreadsheet that's supposed to go out to a client on every 15th of the month or whatever that looks like that Zapier is supposed to do. You won't even notice that it's not happening if you don't know what the manual process looks like. You said something there too around like, you know, I'm too busy to do that. I mean, that, that's such a common objection too. And I mean, I mean, my answer to that is like, if you're too busy, how are you ever going to get unbusy? You yep. know, like yep. this is, this is a key way to reduce your workload. In fact, it's, I'd almost say it's like the way other than like hiring and well, but hiring got like, as if that doesn't take a ton of time and finding the right people and then training them, like whatever. So like everything, everything for you to be less busy takes time. It's a time investment. Like I was talking about before, there might be a 12 week payback or whatever, but like all these things add up and this is how you get unbusy. Like, I mean, I haven't shared it, but I, a big turning point for me for automation was I was at a friend's house on like a Thursday because I had a mate that was in town. He's like, hey, we're going to go and play board games at my friend's house. I was like, what? You didn't even warn me. You know, I got business to run. I got stuff to do. And like I went over and the whole time I was just checking my phone. And I felt like, you know, it was just like I felt like I was guilty for not working. And like, and it like, my God, like it was such a turning point for me because I felt like so crap after this day where I couldn't be present because I was so busy and still emailing, whatever, that that was like, it just made me go like, I'm going to invest some time into getting less busy, right? And, and that meant automation. And, you know, it's paying for tools that I knew could save me time. Like I was always pretty cagey about paying, oh, another another subscription, another bit of software. That completely flipped me that day. Like now I, there's stuff from like, oh, that saves me like five minutes here and there. I don't care, I'm gonna keep paying for it. You know? <laughs> just cause I want my time back. Cause it, it just, cause I know what the pain on the other side is, but you're just so busy. Sometimes you just got to, yeah, put in that extra bit of time and make it happen because there's no other way out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I tell people that all the time with like our courses, like we get on consult calls, especially breakthrough. You've guessed, did a guest expert session in breakthrough for our students. It's a lot of work, but the whole outcome of the program is really to help them be work optional. Like what kind of systems and people can we bring in and, and types of things can you put into place to not have to work? And I tell people like you're drowning right now. Like the thing that you need to do is unfortunately now you have to work extra, but for a short term, so a short term loss for a long term gain. And I tell this to people over and over again, you will never, ever find more time if you're already drowning in the work. And if you're at that stage in business where you're just drowning. So I think that was like a really, really key thing that you said, because I think all of us kind of hit a certain wall where we're like, I can't keep doing this. It's like weight or health. It's like, sometimes it takes the worst things to happen. Like you ending up in a hospital to realize like, I should probably get my together. And it's the same thing with business. Like you might lose really high end clients because you refuse to make the investment, the time investment and do them the service to get the education you need or to implement that software that can give them a better client experience. But instead they'd rather work with Sally Sue who took the time investment and did whatever they needed to do to like make it happen. And I think that's so important to say. Nailed it. I have nothing yeah. to add. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of nothing to add. So let's wrap up this lovely podcast episode. I think this has been good, so good. I feel like we are just like chatting about all the automation stuff for anybody listening. Feel free to reach out to me as well. I know this is a really overwhelming topic for our industry. Feel free to email me at support at workflowqueen.com. I am full of lovely ideas for zaps and all that fun stuff. If you actually want to learn how to use Zapier and see the library that I actually use in my firm, then that's where we actually offer that inside a breakthrough for bookkeepers and accountants. And I'll link all the links because we have so many links that I'm going to be dropping underneath of all the things that James is recommending, things that we talked about. But if this just seems overwhelming, it's pretty normal. It's new. Just remember anything new is always uncomfortable. And James, tell people how they can get a hold of you and how they can get immersed into your world. Sure. Well, I mean, content snare, if you're interested in that, uh, is mm-hmm. contentsnare.com. I think, you know, that, that's just a way to onboard clients and get information at the end of the year. Now, for all the other stuff, I was just thinking this because of everything's so overwhelming, right? If you just Google like Jimmy Rose Text Expander or Jimmy Rose Zapier, I've got articles on both of those. Maybe you can put those in the links too. I've got videos and articles on both, like just cool things. So you can see, and we talked about this before you did. Um, You said when things are unfamiliar, it's really hard. But like, if you just see me using one of these products, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, cool. So yeah, like yeah. Google Jimmy Rose Zapier tutorial or text expander. So I've just got a couple of videos showing like cool ideas on what you can do with these products. So that's probably a place to start. Otherwise, jimmyrose.me is my automation blog. I haven't been active there for a long time, but you should still find a fair bit of helpful stuff there. Underscore Jimmy Rose on Twitter or James Rose, because I like to be different on LinkedIn, apparently, because it's more I was going to say, I'm like, I'm trying to write it down all fast. I need to (laughs) for writing. 
I can't text expand on my like social links when I'm speaking them, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's James not Rose. James Rose on LinkedIn. Contents now. <laughs> Twitter and LinkedIn are the two spots. Yeah, perfect. Well, good to know. And thank you so much, James. This is such a great, just casual convo about like something that I think a lot more people, I wish there was more education around. So I will be linking everything, guys. I will go and make sure to get Jimmy Rose Zapier on Google and all those things. I will also link them below so that way you don't have to do the Googling. And so if you guys need anything or have any follow-up questions, please immerse yourself in the world of James Rose, obviously you guys all know just from how much I hype up content center left and right. I absolutely am obsessed with it. It makes my automation in life easy. So make sure to check it out. And thank you so much for being here today. Alyssa, thanks. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at Workflow Queen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.